WHMP. And welcome. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday, Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I'm thinking about tomorrow, I guess. But I'm very excited about today because today we have um, three folks who are involved as an agency that I think we all should be quite interested in learning more about. And I'm going to start with board member Howard Polanski. And we're going to talk about um, full circle adoptions. Hi, Howard. Hi, Buzz. Uh, also, this is Molly Reynolds, and we're going to talk to Good Molly afternoon. about the agency. And we're going to talk to Stephen Spiegel, who just did an amazing um, fundraiser. He swam around Manhattan, <laughs> Diana Nyad City. <laughs> and I'm here to, to tell about it. And he's here to tell about it. He said it was a little wavier and choppier yeah. than he was used to. His training didn't involve waviness. But um, we're going to get back to that. So, Howard... How did you get involved? I've known Howard for a long time. He was the law librarian up in Franklin County. I went to him and asked him for help many times. Um, and now here you are. You're on the board of Full Circle Adoptions. Why don't you tell us how you got involved and what the mission is of the agency? It's a full circle. After you're a law librarian, you can get on the board of adoption agencies. <laughs> that is, that's, that's the circle that's the part. That's the full circle. <laughs> got yeah. it. Yeah. So um, I'm Howard Polanski. And, um, and that was the full of it part, right? That the, was the full the, of it? The full part. Full was, part. Yeah, it was the yeah, full right. part, yeah. Okay. Um, um, full Circle Adoptions is a small, full-service, nonprofit agency, and um, this was a born, bred, and uh, raised in, in Northampton. So it's always been here, and um, it was uh, founded uh, back in 96 by Marla Allison, who um, was trained both as a lawyer and a social worker. And when she was a social worker... Um, she worked in an adoption agency and decided that she would like to create one of her own in this area. So she did and ran it out of her, her house for many years and finally was successful enough to rent office space down on Main Street in Northampton, right above what is now the, uh, the tattoo parlor on Main <laughs> Street and um, on top floor. And then Molly um, was working there as a social worker. Molly, Molly Reynolds, Reynolds, who is here with us today. And we'll be hearing from Molly, yeah. <laughs> um, and um, M Marla was going to go back into academia or go to academia and ask Molly if she'd like to take over as executive director. And Molly said yes. And that was in, what year was that, Molly? 2017. 2017. So let's talk about the mission. Uh, why was back in, uh, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, why was another adoption agency needed, and what's unique about this one? Maybe I should ask Molly that. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I'm speaking for Marla. You know, I, I, it may not be quite how she would say it, but I think that she felt that birth parents may not, may not have been given the respect that she would like to, to treat them with. Um, I think some of it was just that she had the, all the skills needed. She had the social work and the legal, because that's what you need for an adoption agency. I think there was another agency at that time in Northampton, Children's Aid and Family Services, I think was still here. Um, I think it was a creative child of Marla's. Um, and she's a good initiator of things, and so... You know, I, so I you adopted it. I didn't know her then. <laughs> I came shortly after she she uh, chased me down. She'd heard that there was a um, a social worker around who had expertise in adoption, and I'm an, I'm in a 
uh, adopted person myself, and now I'm an adoptive parent as well. I wasn't at the time, but um, you know, I knew a little bit about it, and I was finishing social work school. You mean there were some children who were clients, and you decided to, to adopt them yourself? Is that what happened? No. A child? No. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> Only oh. in novels, I think. I mean, so, oh. n- yeah, anyway, not in Massachusetts. Uh, uh, there's a lot of regulations with adoption. It's not so easy to just pick a child and adopt them. Well, tell us about the process. I think people should hear about the process. Yeah. So my role, there, there are two parts to adoption. One is the adoptive families, the people that want to adopt, and they need, there's a long process in which, you know, Steve can talk about that a little bit, of preparing to be an adoptive parent. There's a lot of documentation you have to provide to the agency once all of that is in background checks and what have you. Then you get to meet with a social worker for 12 hours, um, and they'll ask you many personal questions, and um, you really just have to, you know, open yourself up and be honest. We're not looking for perfect families, but we're looking for transparent families, you know, secrets, you know, don't hide anything from uh, your social worker. So that's a whole process, and once that's done, most people are approved to be an adoptive family, but then you need to have adopt uh, children available for adoption. So that's the other side of it: is having good connections with your community, with other agencies, attorneys around the country, um, so that we can provide, c- create the match, or help families and expectant parents choose each other, mm. find the right match. So it's it it really is kind of a matchmaking. Uh, uh, process or uh, experience. So um, that's a lot of my job, really, is that end of it, is finding the situations where um, expectant parents do not feel prepared to raise the child that they're going to have. So um, other people in the agency are more involved with uh, preparing the adoptive um, parents to be ready, and then I'm well, finding let's talk to situations. an adoptive parent right here. Steve Spiegel, uh, I only knew that you were swimming around the island of Manhattan as a fundraiser for Full Circle Adoptions. Um, and by the way, you can find out more about it by looking at fullcircleadoptionsplural.org or .com. Mm-hmm. Either one will get you to this agency. But, but I just learned, Stephen, you didn't just do this fundraising, you also are an adoptive parent. Exactly. So many years ago, we were uh, some of the first people to work with Full Circle. We were looking for an agency that we could talk to face-to-face. There are a lot of big agencies out there. There are a lot of agencies in faraway places. But my wife and I, we were looking for a local agency, one that would know us when we walk in the door, one we can call on the phone because we had we were going to have a lot of questions and we did have a lot of questions and the process was very different and new to us and so we looked around and um of the many agencies out there we thought full circle would treat us best and we did that um and uh our son noah joined our family 24 years ago and then uh, our son Pierre joined 21 years ago, and so uh, I was. How old were they? They were. How infants. old was Noah? Oh, they were both infants. They were both infants when uh, newborns. Newborns. 
they were they, wow. they were newborns. We picked them up from the hospital, and uh, wow. it, was, it was an amazing experience. And it was uh, a situation where we got to know the birth mother and talk with them, and nothing was secrets, and it was open, and we communicated. So, what a nice story. So. You must feel pretty vulnerable when you walk into an agency saying, I'd like to try to adopt a child. That must be a frightening experience. It's not easy. And you don't really know the process. There's no books. There are no guides out there that we knew about that would tell us about it. But we knew that growing a family doesn't have to be um, people who look like us. And every morning when the, my kids come downstairs, they're really happy they don't look like me. <laughs> <laughs> and and so they'd be lucky to look like you. No, come on. And so um, <laughs> there's adoption in our family. Uh, my older brother and sister. I have an aunt, and so it was just another way of growing our family. And um, full circle was wonderful then, and I've been involved with them since. And so when I was thinking about. Um, Swimming around the island of Manhattan, I wanted to raise money and uh, for a cause. And there are a lot of wonderful causes out there, but full circle adoption is at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. So, how much money did you raise? So we raised about seven thousand dollars. Good so for you, man. Yeah. So we passed our goal, and it's a it's to a, the Stout Family Fund, which is a uh, a fund that would help prospective parents. Uh, with the adoption funds because it's not a cheap program, but they want to make it happen for so many people. May I add a little piece there? Please do, Molly. Um, When I first came to the agency as the director five years ago, um, one of my goals was to start a fund like this so that, you know, I mean, we can't can't do a full scholarship for a family, uh, but sometimes unexpected expenses come up in the process. You know, the birth parent's, I don't know, you know, like she loses her housing mm. at the end of the process and people have, you know, spent their money. And we now have the capability to loan or grant people some funds to fill in the gaps. Um, so it's one of my proudest accomplishments so that's far. That's really great. I think um, that's a great accomplishment. And I, I named it that out of, uh, but because... Who were the my, Stout family? My family. Oh. My parents and brother. How nice. So, yeah, that... Gives me a little chill. Wow, my cockles are getting warmed in here. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of heartwarming stuff here. So, Howard, um, so from the world of law and being a librarian and uh, all the research and scholarship that's involved in that, why this? Why did you get interested in this agency? Basically, because Molly asked me, <laughs> but it was an area. Oh, you're easy. I'm, I'm very easy. It's, it's something you read on the bathroom walls. Um, but it's, um, it was something I didn't know much about. I mean, it wasn't a world that I knew about, and it sounded like, you know, this is a great thing to learn about. It's a great thing that Molly and her crew are doing, and I want to be part of this. So I said, sure, you know, whatever I can help. And she asked me to be on the board, and I jumped at the chance. And how long ago was that? Uh, it was 2017, I think, that yeah, Mar- I think it was right. Molly, Molly took over. And She's I was been at it for five years? On the board. Yeah, so it was in five years. So what are the thorny issues that you have to deal with as a board member for an agency involved in this complex but heartwarming enterprise of adoptions? Well, the pandemic has been a, <laughs> a, real, a real killer. Um, you know, it's just changed the dynamic. Um, 
we've all, you know, the issues of how do you spend the limited funds we have to keep the agency going? Where, where are our priorities? And Star, Stout Family Fund was one of those things that we said, yeah, that's a really good idea. The office that Marla had originally found um, just wasn't really suitable, and we needed a larger place. So we had to figure, sort of figure out where can we find a place that would serve the purposes and over a long time, and how can we afford it? And have you found a place? We have found a place. So it's actually for the last, uh, what, three years now? Yeah. yeah, it was, um, yeah, I think, I think it was 2019. It 2019 and moved in, in We moved 20. down on the corner of Market and Main. Above right. Nourish. Above Nourish, right across from Spoletto's. Um, there's a big sign. It's the corner upstairs. The corner of the building upstairs is a big sign. And actually having that space with that sign out there has drawn a lot more attention to the agency. People, especially from Western Mass, are driving by and seeing it and, and contacting us. So... That was a, a really good move. And Maybe I should throw that, this question to Molly. Molly, it's important that you have a presence out there, but can you tell us why it's important? I mean, parents have to, prospective parents have to know about you and where you are. People have to know if there's, a, there's an avenue for their child if they, in fact, want to give a child up for adoption. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, the agency, as Howard was saying, the agency was tucked behind in the back of an office building for 20 years. And people from Northampton didn't even know we were there. So we would find that people went to an agency in Boston um, Mm -hmm. when, you know, they could have gone around the corner. So, um, I mean, that's the main thing. You know, people know we're there, either side, adoptive parents or, or women or couples who are pregnant and know that they're not ready um, to parent the child, you know, we just, you don't need us until you need us, you know, we would just want people to know we're there when the time is right, or, you know, maybe not for them, maybe it's for their daughter or their friends, you know, so just want to be in everybody's awareness. They want to be in everybody's awareness. What a great place <laughs> to take a break. We're going to take a break for a few minutes, but we're talking with um, Molly and Steve and Howard from Full Circle Adoptions. You could find out more about them at fullcircleadoptions.fillintheblank.org.com. <laughs> We're going to be back talking more about the agency right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at every source to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. A Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Pen and Pencil Set. A hand-painted holiday cheese platter. 
the Old Deerfield Fall Arts and Crafts Festival this weekend. Furniture, paintings, jewelry, clothing, quilting. Buy direct from the makers and artists. Stained glass and pottery. Dolls, toys, and teddy bears. Plus, an exhibit of the Deerfield Arts and Crafts movement of the early 1900s. The Old Deerfield Fall Arts and Crafts Festival this Saturday and Sunday in Old Deerfield. Watch films in Spanish, read poems in Spanish, Spanish through arts and artists, an advanced Spanish class this fall at the International Language Institute. Poetry, film, music, visual arts. Look, listen, speak, sing, read and write. Steep yourself in the Spanish language through the arts. This 12-week part-time course, in person or online, starts September 20th. So sign up, art lovers. One of the world's top language schools is right here, the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Hello, this is Mother Nature speaking. Well, speaking through me. You can just let everything slide until next spring, but I'm not going to be happy. I know you're busy. We're all busy. That's why you call Beyond Landscape. They cut back the perennials, deadhead the flowers, clean up the leaves and compost them. Maybe the lawn needs feeding or the beds need weaning. Oh, you'll get to it? Oh, really? Listen to your mother. Take back your weekend. Call Beyond Landscape. Book a fall cleanup. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back talking with these folks from Full Circle Adoptions, which does such wonderful work both for um, expectant uh, uh, parents um, who are considering adoption, also for parents who are looking um, to adopt a child. Um, so, Molly, why don't you tell, Molly Reynolds, uh, the director of Full Circle Adoptions, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you think people need to hear to understand more about what the agency does? Yeah, I think one thing I'd like to talk about is how we handle it when a woman or a couple contacts us and is considering placing their child for adoption. Uh, if it's a local person, uh, we will either invite them to come to our office um, in, in confidence and privacy, or we'll go to them. Sometimes we've met at you know, McDonald's or you know, the, the cafe close to them, whatever works for them. Um, well, that's how I used to, when I represented Bruno, the drug dealer. That's where we <laughs> met. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a little strange sometimes. But, you know, we just want them to feel comfortable and in their element and have privacy. And the first thing we would do is just give them some counseling, you know, talk about the decision. Why are they considering adoption? What would they need to raise the child if that's a possibility? And just, you know, give them time with the decision. Um, if it's a complicated decision for them, which sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't, I would offer them a separate counselor if I had had the initial meeting with them myself so that they could have as many hours of counseling as they want to just really make the right decision for themselves. So it's not a rushed process. There's no pressure. We're there for expectant parents as much as adoptive parents. And we, we try to have separate social workers for the two sides, so mm. that there, it's not a conflict of interest. You know, I'm the, being the director, I'm aware of the money end of things, and so I try not to do much social work anymore because I don't want to be biased, you know. I don't want to see dollar signs. I, wanna, I want 
the expectant parents to feel supported and have help with that decision. Um, so we take as much time as they need. They get to um, they get to choose the family. They can interview several families either in person or Zoom. We've used Zoom a lot lately. Um, the decision is not final until three days in Massachusetts, till three days after four days, sorry, after the birth of the child when they sign papers. There's a right of rescission. <laughs> so they even if they've received support, like living expenses are allowed uh, in this state, you know, for pregnancy related um, or even just rent sometimes, whatever is needed after we've done an assessment. Even if they get expenses, they still you know, they're not obligated to place a child for adoption. So I think that's one reason that people are drawn to our agency, both adoptive parents and expectant parents. They, they know that we treat everybody with respect and fairness, um, and expectant parents do not get pressured. And I think, you know, adoptive parents want to know that because they know that the birth mother or the birth father is very important to yeah, the child. Steve Spiegel, as an adoptive parent uh, who's been for 24 years, you've been raising first one and then for the last 21 years, th two children uh, that you adopted. What, what can you say to people who are considering adoption about, um, A, what they should be considering, and B, this agency that you love? Right. I think they should have talks among themselves about what they want in the future, there's lots of different ways of going and, and raising a family and growing a family. And for us, adoption was the right way to go. Being interviewing a number of different agencies, trying to figure this out by themselves. Some people, they think adoption is right, but they, they decide at the last moment it's really not. It's, it's a huge commitment. There's no question about it. But for us... Um, it's it's been beautiful in many ways. Not that we haven't had challenges, and by oh, your any, parenting, of is, course, yeah. and and so like any parent, it's uh, it's it, it's there are many challenges. But working with uh, Full Circle opened uh, our eyes to many things. They were transparent. They were clear. They communicated well, and um, and we communicated with the birth mothers of both our children um, for for a long time and met them before the children were born, and um, that's not something that happens all the time. So no. it was good. It's really great. It sounds like you handled it for your family perfectly. And may um, I please do, insert Molly. a little quick thing? Not all adoptive parents stick with us for the way Steve has. You know, some people, they adopt their children, and then they just want to kind of go you back. You just said into, there's a lot of good charities. This is his life. very there's favorite. There's a lot of good charities. Quarter of a right. century later, you've got to... But there are some families that just remember us, and we appreciate sure. Steve no, and, I, and, uh, and Lydia very hey, much. Hey, as a lawyer, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, I love those moments in the supermarket. Somebody comes up and tells me the wonderful thing I did for them, and I'm like... I don't remember. <laughs> Howard, one last question before we break, which is you came from, you know, the world that you and I work in together, sometimes it's a cold world. Sometimes it's a cruel world. There's always a pressurized world when somebody is in superior court and they run to the law library and they need something during lunchtime that they could run to the judge with after lunch. This studio is filled with a loving, caring feeling right now. There's, there's something different about working with this agency, it seems to me. Well, it's one of those wonderful things that, you know, you're doing a good work and it's not 
Well, in law, you know, you're usually trying to get somebody out of trouble. So there's a problem. Get the lawyer. And this is one of those cases where it's a wonderful experience. I don't get to experience it personally, but I know I'm helping. And that's the thing that I really like about it. I know that I'm working on the board, you know, and for a, an agency that's doing good for the world. Uh, and kudos to you. So it is full circle adoptions. That's plural.org. Last word, Molly Reynolds. What do you want to leave listeners with? Oh, my. <laughs> Put her uh, on the spot. Yeah. Um, we, we are here, uh, whether you're in Northampton or Western Mass or even we have social workers all over the state. Full Circle is available to you, whatever side of the equation that you're on. That's great. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Well, whether you're an expectant parent who's considering... Um, um, doing something loving for your child because you think their child might benefit from it or adoptive parents hoping to adopt a child and and broaden the scope of your family or your life. Um, it's full circle adoptions. Check them out. Thank you, all three of you, for coming in today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, boys. We're going to be back with Nan Parati and her interesting thing right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Police are investigating a bomb threat made by a student at Northampton High School that led to an hour-and-a-half shelter-in-place yesterday afternoon. The threat was made by a student in a group text message and reported to authorities who arrived on the scene around 2 p.m. The school committee is planning a special meeting tomorrow at 6.30 over Zoom to discuss the incident. The incident follows a bomb threat earlier in the day at Quincy High School across the state where police say the threat was phoned in by an anonymous caller. A Miller's Falls man is charged with operating under the influence after a crash on North King Street in Northampton last night. According to the Northampton Police Department, around 8.50 p.m., officers were called to a single-vehicle crash in the area of the 800 block of North King Street near the Hatfield Town Line. The vehicle was found in a wooded area near the Mass DOT facility. Police determined the driver ran on foot. The 42-year-old man was found nearby in Hatfield with the help of the Mass State Police Air Wing and K-9. Seven Franklin County towns will receive a combined $574,000 to fund climate resiliency. The grants are part of the Municipal Vulnerability Preparedness, or MVP, program. Waitley will receive the biggest grant of over $304,000. Montague, Rowe, Heath, Shelburne, and Conway were also recipients and the town of Monroe will receive a $25,000 grant for their MVP planning. The funding is part of the sixth round of the program, which has awarded more than $100 million since its inception. Sunshine and windy this afternoon, a high of 74 to 78, mostly clear breezy tonight, low of 48 to 54. Plenty of sunshine tomorrow, a high of 68 to 72, partly to mostly sunny on Friday. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. Katarina and Raul swing 30 feet above the street as the soul magnets get down. And Mr. G revs it up. 
The Amherst Block Party, this Thursday, 5 to 9. Show circus stilt walkers, jugglers, acrobats, and contortionists. Ollie the Clown makes balloon animals for kids. Nikki paints faces. The yo-yo people do tricks. Step dancing, kung fu, global eats on the street. Downtown Amherst is one big party. The Amherst Block Party, this Thursday, 5 to 9. A lot of mattress stores, all they talk about is price. Sale, 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 save, 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 blah, blah, blah. I get it. No one wants to pay a dollar more than you have to. But what do you really know about mattresses? Are you an expert? I'm not. And I have a furniture store. So I at least know a little. Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon Furniture. Not Tempur-Pedic, not trying to mislead you. Therapeutic. The best mattress value I've ever found. And believe me, I've looked around. Therapeutic mattresses are made in Brockton. I've walked the floor and it was reassuring because there's no toxicity, no off-gassing. Therapeutic mattresses are clean and made by fellow Red Sox fans. Play the sale, sale, sale game if you want. That's not for me. A therapeutic mattress from Talon Furniture is your best bet and best deal. Today, tomorrow, or whenever you decide to buy a new mattress. Want to support the kind of talk you hear on the Afternoon Buzz? Want to hear your business's message here on WHMP? Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. We'll help you craft a marketing message that'll reach listeners of your favorite WHMP show. And you'll be supporting the local news, Valley Talk, and progressive voices you hear right here on WHMP. Let us know about your message. Email us, yourmessage at whmp.com. And add your message to our mission. And hear your message right here on WHMP. Your message at whmp.com. Supermarket chain Kroger is going all in on private labels as food shoppers search for cheaper alternatives. The company is rolling out Smartway, a new low-cost line that brings 16 legacy brands into a single easy-to-find name. Kroger's private brand sales rose 2.2% in the second quarter. Consumers who've put off buying a vehicle for well over a year because of low supply and high prices still aren't getting much relief. While used car inventories are growing again and prices have softened, new cars and trucks still carry a high price tag. Consumers paid 10% over sticker price in August. If you get a text from someone you don't know, you're better off just ignoring it. RoboKiller, a phone security app, reports robo-text have surged in the first half of the year, and most of these messages are scams. Robo-texts now far outnumber robo-calls. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And thank you, Mark Huffman. Now we are, uh, it is Wednesday. It is 4.30. It is time for an interesting thing. So Nan Parati is here. Hi, Nan. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So, what's your interesting thing of the day? My very interesting thing of the day is my friend Jenny Lee Taylor, who we met just, she ordered a sign. That's how we actually initially met, was she ordered a sign from me, and we became friends after that. It was a sign. It was a sign from the Lord (laughs) that we needed to be friends. And we started talking. Jenny Lee, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yes, I needed to win Christmas, and I knew that a sign was going to win Christmas, and it did. <laughs> she wanted an Avett Brothers quote, and which I happen to also like, so it worked out really well for both of us. She won my Christmas, too. It was good. <laughs> I, should I know this term, winning Christmas? What is winning Christmas? She has a husband. 
<laughs> I have a husband who also tries to make me cry with every Christmas gift. Uh, and I, I won Christmas gifts that year. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now I understand. Okay. Jenny Lee, what you do, tell us a little bit about what you do. Let's start there. Let's start there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am a public speaker, trainer, and coach by trade. And what I focus on is the power of connection. Just making sure that people understand how important it is to connect with and to each other. A couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this earlier today. A couple of weeks ago, we had a, a guy on who was talking about sobriety, and I asked him, you know, what was what were the his initial steps and what was so successful to him with his sobriety. And he talked about community, connection, and community. And so I was thinking about that in relationship to you. There are an awful lot of people who have zero idea how to connect, especially to people that they don't know. What do you start with? What? How do people connect, especially these days when it's so difficult? It seems like for people to get together. What do you do? You know, I think first of all, it's important to realize that connection isn't just one on one. It's not just a you and me thing. Mm -hmm. It's it is physical. It's closeness. It's proximity. But that can be you know platonic, romantic, or even just being in athletic events together. It's also emotional. It's being vulnerable. It's trusting. It's intimacy. It's sharing secrets. We're asking for advice. But it's also mental. It's abstract thinking. It's theory. It's expressing thoughts or embracing intellect. But it's also spiritual. It's just the power of believing or searching for something greater, reading, writing, singing, talking. So it's having a conversation with the grocery store clerk. It's smiling at somebody in the car next to you. It's having those deeper conversations. I was so in, it's go intentional ahead. act. Yeah, I was noticing the other day, I was in Montclair, New Jersey of all places, and noticing how Younger people especially did not, I would smile at them as I passed, and they don't, they weren't doing that. They were looking down, they were looking away, and I was wondering, is that a, a thing anymore? Is it a, is, is, is communication with people, has it become more difficult for people, do you think? You know, I think that, especially with the pandemic, where for so long we didn't have that ability to just look over and smile at someone, mm -hmm. I it's a lot more uncomfortable and to truly connect, we have to remember that being comfortable with the uncomfortable is important. And that fear of rejection is, is real. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is painful. And, and connection sometimes comes with rejection. What do people do about this? What, how, do people, how do people overcome this anymore? You know, I was asked a question a couple of weeks ago that that led to something greater. And the question that I was asked was, if we learn from our mistakes, why are we so afraid to make them? And that led into this entire series in my mind about failure mm -hmm. and and what is so good about failure and and what can we learn from failure and is failure good or bad and i i kind of spiraled because in my in my life i have always been 
terrified of failure, you know, mistakes, errors, big or small. I you know, didn't audition for my fifth grade talent show because I was not pitch perfect. And if I was not pitch perfect, I could not go on that stage. Mm-hmm. My first job was in hotel management and I worked 13, 14, because if I didn't, how could I prove that I was working hard enough to make that property successful? If I fumbled, I was a fraud. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that failure, but you are not a failure just because you have failed. And I think that that is an important lesson for everybody to to realize. Everyone has gone through those those faults, those falters in their life, and we can connect with other people through them. Right, our mistakes, that's just what we did, it's not who we are. But I, I, when Nan first told us that you were um, going to be her guest, uh, Jenny Lee Taylor, um, she wrote something about emotional glitter. What is emotional glitter? Yes, emotional glitter is the topic of my TED Talk that I did. And it's based on the fact that most humans are attracted to fancy, shiny things, whether it's the newest cell phone or a new car, jewelry, but what is it in another person that makes you attracted to them? So I have deemed that emotional glitter. It's the the fragments, the stories, the broken bits in a person that draws you to them and makes you want to get to know who and what they're all about. Hmm. And so, so, Take that further. How do you how do you connect through emotional glitter with someone else? It's sharing your stories. It's not being afraid to open up and be vulnerable and share those broken bits. You know, for a long time in my life, I silenced who I was. My grandmother raised me and she taught me at a very early age to talk to strangers. So everyone that I encountered, I I talked to, I know it was the early 80s and you weren't supposed to talk to strangers. Right. All of the actual specials told you not to, but my grandmother went against every <laughs> every after school special there was. As does your friend but, Nan Parati. That's right. I talked to everybody. That's how we got to be friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So my grandmother taught me to to talk to absolutely everybody, but she passed away when I was six. And I was told that she needed to rest. And that's why she went away. Because nobody wanted to explain to a six-year-old why their favorite person in the entire world wasn't there anymore. Mm. They couldn't. They just said that she went away to rest. And so I thought if I was just quiet, if I, if I didn't talk anymore, that she could rest and then she would come back. Mm-hmm. So but for I, many years, I just stopped talking to people. It's really fascinating. Connections is what it's all about. We are talking with uh, Jenny Lee Taylor, and we, she is a coach. She is a speaker, uh, not only a motivational speaker, she's someone who teaches you how to be with others, how to feel connected rather than so privatized, which so many of us do. And somebody like me, a lawyer, I know all about the emotional gutter. <laughs> I never learned the emotional glitter, but I'm going to. 
We're going to take a little break. We're going to be back with Nan Parati and with Jenny Lee Taylor right after these messages. Stick with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. mornings on WHMP means polka, polka carousel. Every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, TZ brings his award-winning polka carousel to the airwaves of the valley, playing the polka classics and the latest polka hits. There are polka hits? Brought to you by Saluzniak Funeral Home, Northampton's funeral home for over 110 years and four generations of unparalleled thoughtful memorial care. It's polka carousel every Sunday morning from 8 till noon, WHMP. The most sacred time of year in the Jewish calendar is about to begin. We will discuss the meaning of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with Rabbi Justin David of Congregation B'nai Israel and Rabbi Ricky Kozowski of Beit Hava. Please join us Thursday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. One thing I like about working at ServiceNet is that in addition to being a manager, I can still be a clinician. If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. For people working private practice who want to also still have a commitment to community mental health, working at ServiceNet gives them the opportunity to do both at the same time. Go to the employment page at servicenet.org. Minutemen football lives here. Olsen lops it. Josiah Johnson, end zone, touchdown, Massachusetts. Merriweather, daylight, end zone, touchdown, Ellis Merriweather from eight yards out. Follow the action all season long on your home for Minutemen football. The UMass Sports Network from Learfield. Touchdown, Massachusetts. Dinner tonight starts with a tap. Tap the local hero guide on the CISA website and find farm fresh food close to where you are. There are so many farms and farm stands just minutes away. Look for the bright yellow local hero label in stores and restaurants. Local hero food, the beauty and the bounty of our fertile River Valley farmlands on your dinner table tonight. The local hero guide is at the CISA website, buylocalfood.org. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday, Hanger Pub and Grill? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Famous for their amazing wings and beer, the Hanger Pub and Grill has multiple locations throughout Western Mass. The Hanger Wings paired with an Amherst Brewing beer is perfect before a game. 
after work, lunch. Check them out. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Grab your coat and get your hat. Grab your coat, get your hat. It's the interesting thing with Nan Parati, and she's talking with her guest, Jenny Lee Taylor. Nan, we're talking about making connections. Yeah, yeah. And Jenny Lee, we only have a few minutes left, really, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about those connections. If you're somebody, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you get out there and do that? with people what's the next step for somebody who is kind of feeling lonely and not sure about things and maybe feeling a little suspicious maybe feeling suspicious too right Right. yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it, it does take bravery first you have to decide to do it i think that sometimes we view loneliness as being alone and they are two different things so it's it's getting up the courage to do it and there are tools is that you can get out of your comfort zone. It's joining groups, whether they are self-improvement groups like Toastmasters, where you work on your public speaking skills around other individuals who are like-minded doing the same thing. You can look for resources like Meetup, where you are sharing in experiences, whether it's going out and walking your dog or joining physical activities Mm -hmm. with other individuals who are looking for the same thing. But taking that first step is being brave to put down your device Mm -hmm. and looking and and smiling and looking for those others who are looking for the same thing. It's Dan. Do you mind if I ask you a quick question? I'm just curious if you've ever read or heard about the book Seek You, A Journey Through American Loneliness that was published a couple of years ago. No, but I'm writing it down right now. You, you should. I think it, it really ties into what you just said about uh, feeling alone and loneliness being two sort of different experiences. Like you can actually be with somebody and still feel alone. And uh, this this graphic novel uh, is amazing. It's I a graphic only... novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's it's phenomenal. It's it's one of the best books I have ever read. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, ever. It's incredible. It's because it's deep. If you really take the stories in about this person's life, it is. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to add that. No, that's no, no, no. It's, it's a good there. point, but I think um, I'm just circling back. I think what Jenny Lee distinguished was being alone from loneliness, yeah. not feeling alone, which is more oh. like loneliness. I think. Oh, right. Is that right, Jenny Lee? I think that they they overlap a little bit, though. I think that that the two kind of parallel and can Venn diagram a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so, so you, you suggest <clears throat> groups, like if you just go, I mean, not just, but if you go and you start just meeting up with people, whether you have anything to say or not, just be there. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Even if it's going to your favorite restaurant or local bar and just sitting at a group table, there are restaurants that will have community tables that mm. you can go and sit at. Or if there's a bar and you go and sit, whether you take a book or you're still in a group setting, 
so you are around others and strike up a conversation with the person next to you. I know my husband jokes that our grocery store attendant knows more about our personal life than any one person should. However, <laughs> it's having those conversations that connects you to a community. And it's being willing to just look another person in the eye and say, I see you. I know you're there. I'm here too. Let's connect. Um, um, <laughs> no, I, I, was curious, I was curious to ask, uh, if people feel like they're awkward around other people, <laughs> what does an awkward person do in a oh, group that's setting? Good. That's good. <laughs> you, you marry a non-awkward person. My <laughs> husband is an engineer. And he says that I make him human. Uh, no. <laughs> and, in, in, that's, that is really what he did. He joined, he joined a group that he was around others that kind of, I wouldn't say forced because that has a negative connotation, but really allowed him the opportunity to be in his awkwardness, but celebrated who he was as a person and allowed him the opportunity to be who he was and still connect with others who were being who they were as well. I think that's really interesting. Dan's question was really interesting and your response about your husband was, but for me, it's not the question that was on the tip of my tongue because when you know a lot of people who are confident, self-reliant people, they've spent a whole lot of time learning autonomy, learning how to you know, pick up a book and read it for two hours by themselves and feel fulfilled, or to, to do their work on their own. Nan does signs, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an alone activity, and mm -hmm. it's, it's one that doesn't leave you feeling lonely. You feel productive, right. right? And so the problem that I see is people get myself included, sometimes sanctimonious or arrogant or uh, because, so you're not as approachable to other people or you're not even as interested in approaching other people because you're doing your thing um, and it does segregate you from people and it does result in privatized. I don't think, I don't know if I agree there, Buzz, because I think, I think there's a bigger, if I notice this about young people in America today, people are doubting themselves and their abilities and it's why I see and among my contacts in higher education schools, people and young people who cannot take criticism, even even friendly criticism, not right. people writing like they used to in the 60s and 70s being like, you're terrible. Why are you writing this paper or something mean like that? But like the slightest criticism, because it seems like they're on an edge and they're so doubtful of their ability, not only to learn and improve which seems like in this society that's impossible to do what people do. But in order to be criticized is in order to show you that you can do better and these are the ways to do it. And I think people, when they take the criticism, they're like, I'm a failure. Jenny Lee, what, what do you, what do you have to say about this? Absolutely. And I, it goes back to that thinking that because you have failed, you are a failure. And it's that sense of needing to belong. And if you have these individuals in your life and you have made any error, how big or how small, you have tarnished who you are in their eyes and you have to be perfect at every single turn. And if you're not perfect, they're gonna think less of you. 
So you have to be perfect because if they think less of you, they're not going to want to be around you. And I think that that is a mentality that so many people today have, no matter how off that mentality really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, man, I want to go for like another 45 minutes here. Can we do that? No, no we have one minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. No, I was going to just say that I think it's, it's, hard to, uh, it's hard to do what you just said because everything is, can be recorded. Right. Everything is sort of, and, or written and down mm-hmm. and then, you know, transferred online. So it's hard to kind of escape when you make a mistake right. and become so blatant because it sort of follows you, mm-hmm. uh, small or large. Right, you know? uh, right. So it's hard. Your glitter gets tarnished. Your glitter gets tarnished, <laughs> That's exactly. True. It's true. I didn't have social media in high school, really. I can't imagine what kids go through today right. where everything with, you know, a flick of a button is blasted all over Instagram for right. the world to see. And and it follows you, too, because it's like it used to be you could be bullied, but when it's the end of school, you were at least free. Right. And there weren't kids also talking. But now you also realize if you're not invited to a party, but you notice everybody else's social media has right. pictures, it means you weren't included right. for a reason. We have 30 seconds left, and I want to hear, Jenny Lee, what do you want to leave listeners with? Connection is so important, whether you are connecting with the person in the same room or the person half a world away. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. So just take a deep breath and realize how important that true connection is. Cool. Thank you so much. What a great last message. Well, whether it's the awkward Dan or the sanctimonious buzz. Or what am I? (laughs) Uh, you're already connected. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> you're the one who's healthy. <laughs> Jenny Lee Taylor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All righty. Nan. Thanks. Cool. Pleasure. Cool. Bye. Everybody join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Afternoon Buzz. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. I am Marco, and I am always been full of life, full of energy, and always on the go. At the age of 21, I was diagnosed with kidney disease. My life was saved by an organ donor. Receiving a life-saving organ put my life back into play, and I was able to move forward and make my dreams come true. Anyone can sign up to be an organ donor, whether you're 16 or 96. Be a hero. Be an organ donor. Register today. Live and local Register news and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station.